Welcome to the Unwritten Life Podcast, where we share that your deepest pain can lead to your biggest gain, and that your story is still unwritten. Now introducing your host, Tim Sawhook. Welcome to the show today, everybody. I am very excited to have you on board with me. My name is Tim Sawhook, and welcome to the third episode of the Unwritten Life Podcast. We have another great interview for you today, but before we get into that, I wanted to thank you guys for listening and downloading and subscribing to the podcast. We greatly appreciate any of the reviews, any of the ratings, because that helps get the message of hope of our podcast out in front of other people. So continue to do that for us on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it more than you know. My guest today has an amazing story, one that will touch your heartstrings, one that you can relate to, and one that will inspire you. Here is my interview with Katie Ersta. Katie Ersta, welcome to the show today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. I'm I'm really excited to have you on today. I think you have an amazing story. I think it's going to add a lot of value and hope to people. And before we... Yeah, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And before we go real deep into that, just tell me about what your life was like at the beginning of this, beginning of your journey. Beginning of my journey. Well, I think it's important to note um, there's a couple of aspects to anyone's journey. So I think that my journey, I think where we can start now is I was a teacher. I was I was working uh, full time. My son, Nick, was about two years old and he was in daycare. And uh, I was just I felt like I felt as though I just couldn't. I couldn't do anymore. I felt as though life was sort of heavy. And I kept asking myself, you know, is there more to this than, than just getting by? And it was as though I was just working all these hours and I would get home and I would, I would do the dishes and I would, you know, get dinner ready. And then we would just go to bed just to do it all over again. And I don't remember it being anything that I wasn't, I was unhappy. It wasn't that I was unhappy. I just don't remember it being like an incredible amount of joy. Right. And that question of um, there's got to be more to this really just started to come into my heart. And I remember on one occasion I had to buy, I had to buy milk um, for my son and I ran into the grocery store and it was, it was a Wednesday. It was the day before payday. And I knew that we were down to like the last dollar, um, right. but I was like, we have enough. I know we have enough for milk. And I got there and I didn't have enough in my debit account. So I had to get out my credit card. And I, the other, I just remember asking myself, there has to be more than just getting by. And around that time, I had, you know, my husband and I had taken on a a mortgage payment that was a little bit higher, but we both had pretty good jobs. I was a teacher. He was a a computer programmer, consultant, did consulting work. And we both had great jobs, but we just couldn't grasp and, and get our minds around how do people do more than just get by? Because that's really what we were feeling is just this, not that it was bad, it just wasn't great. So I actually stumbled upon an opportunity very much by chance because I was doing an at-home fitness program called Insanity. Oh, Insanity is my jam. Insanity is my jam, Katie. Yeah, yeah. so I was doing this program by myself, and I started to see on on Facebook, and at the time, I think I had like a 100 friends on Facebook. I, I didn't even use Facebook. 
And I saw this girl talking about a program called P90X, which I thought was even worse than insanity. <laughs> and she was linking it to this word coaching. And But she was talking about these events that she would go to. And she would talk about how doing the program allowed her to create this income for her family. And I just started linking without necessarily understanding all of this together. She was using right. media. She was talking about a business. And then I just remember reaching out and saying, I finished this insanity, insanity program. Am I like a coach? Right. Um, I get like a free t-shirt that says like, coach. I, I had no idea. I had no idea what it was. I thought I got a free t-shirt and maybe was able to um, help a couple other people. And she explained the process to me and I signed up. And I signed up with no understanding of any of the other products. I just really loved seeing on social media that she looked happy, that she looked like she had joy, that I, I didn't necessarily feel like I had in my life, but I wanted. I just I wanted a little bit of that. And that's really where it started. Yeah, no, it's funny that you bring it up, especially being the teacher in that background. My wife was a teacher for special ed for over 18 years in the oh, school district. Awesome. And the thing that I know, because I worked in the school as an aide with one-on-one with special needs kids, and the thing that I knew with working with all these different teachers in different schools, if they had that same feeling that you did, that there's got to be more. You know, there is, there is a passion to teaching. Yeah. There is also a burnout to that teaching. Yeah. Um, and if, if there's anything I know about teachers, they're always looking for that side hustle to pour a little passion in. Yeah, and I, I do want to note though, I never had any intention of leaving my job. I really, I really loved my job. And I taught seventh grade, so I was I was teaching the same content five times a day. Right. And then I was doing that year after year. So although I would make some changes in my curriculum, I started to feel like I could be doing more. And I I always knew in my heart I had a calling to be an educator, to be a teacher. Mm -hmm. I just never really thought of life beyond the classroom. I just always assumed, assumed that if you're going to teach, it has to be in a classroom environment. And I think you're right. Um, I think it's very, very true. I think that, you know, for so many teachers, they're great at what they do. They love what they do. But a lot of times aren't compensated very well for the work that they do. Mm -hmm. It's hard work because it's, it's heart work. It's a lot of yeah. heart and love that goes into, into what you do, um, not necessarily the compensation for it. Yeah, well, I think what's good about Nen, you said so you found this opportunity in coaching. So did you have a big weight loss story that you, when you started doing Insanity, is that what you got into it for? Or was it just to get healthy? Well, I mean, I think I was just, I was that mom who went from, you know, being in my late 20s, I, I didn't, you know, I didn't have kids. And then all of a sudden I had a son and I was like, I just felt like I had a little bit of weight to lose. And when I started doing Insanity, I, I didn't understand nutrition and I didn't understand, I think it came with. You're going to have to re refresh my memory. I'm pretty sure it came with like a pamphlet that was like a nutrition guide. And I'm pretty sure I threw that out. <laughs> like I was like, if I do a workout, I don't need to worry about eating healthy because if it's as extreme as it is, I really didn't have an understanding of the nutritional side of things. So my weight loss um, when I started, and Insanity actually didn't, it took me a lot longer to do than, you know, originally it was supposed to. I think it took me like six months to actually complete the program. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it took me about six months and I, I lost about 20 pounds. Well, congratulations. And I felt really good. And I remember that being a big reason when I signed up as a coach, it was just, you know, do I get a free t-shirt and, um, you know, do I get to tell other people about this? Like, do I coach because it worked for me? Like, is this a pay it forward kind of thing? I really, I went into it not really knowing much at all. 
So your goal going into being a coach was like, hey, I'm an ordinary person. I did it. I want to pay that same feeling forward to other people. Yeah, and I really think too, if you look on if you if you look on commercials, sometimes you don't know what, what the truth is versus um, mm-hmm. you know, what is kind of just, you know, fictionalized almost. And I didn't know. I mean, when I looked at the insanity infomercials, I remember thinking like there's no way. No one can really do that well in that short amount of time. And then I got my results and people were naturally asking me what I was doing. And I was just talking about it because I love it. You know, when you love something, you promote it, whether it's Mm -hmm. a cup of coffee um, or it's, you know, just uh, an item of clothing that you absolutely love. Sometimes you do it just because you love it. And I was already doing it. But I think actually what drew me to coaching was that she looked happy. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was happy. I don't ever like, I don't ever want to say that I was unhappy. I just wasn't fulfilled. Uh, I wasn't fulfilled in my job. I felt like when I got home, I I just, I was too tired to just be the mom that I wanted to be and the wife that I wanted to be. So I was looking for just a little bit of an opportunity to be around people that looked like they were really enjoying life. So I think I wanted a piece of that part of it. I think a good word that you used was fulfillment. A lot of people want to be fulfilled. You know, they have a job they go to every day and yours was teaching, but you know, there's many office jobs. There's all kinds of jobs that people go to and they do the job. They need the money. They're earning it and they may be happy in their job. They may be happy in their life, but they're unfulfilled. So I think that was a good way for you to explain maybe why you got into coaching to get that. Hey, these people are happy and they're doing what I'm doing. Why can't I have that same feeling? Yeah, exactly. So with that opportunity, it started to becoming more of a business opportunity. Is that right? Right. And I, I am just one of those people that just, if I, if I learn about something and somebody says, Katie, if you do this and this, you will be able to achieve this. And these small wins that were sort of being set up for me, just I kept hitting these small goals. And I also remember reading a book called The Slight Edge mm-hmm. uh, by Jeff Olson. And I, I never picked up any type of personal development book. In fact, when our principal would recommend books, I would be like, you can't do that. That's not on the clock. I remember <laughs> being that teacher. Uh, and the slight edge really, it changed my life because it really was about small disciplines. You know, it used to be that I just assumed people who were successful had these monumental wins. But really, all it is is the small actions that you do every day, the small um, steps you take every day that consistently done day in and day out lead to big wins. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, well, I can take these small steps that I'm being taught and I, I I can just have these small wins and maybe eventually it will add up to big success. So I just kept doing that, and it was about a year into the business, I would say, a year, a year and a half into the business where I was seeing these small wins. And by small wins, I mean I was happy. I was creating a community of people who were helping people achieve results, and I was I was really happy with the team that I would do these evening calls with, and we'd be laughing and just enjoying one another. Um And I I just, I felt like I was just a happier place. And so the money, which was nice, was paying for the groceries. I wasn't bouncing any checks anymore. (laughs) Good. Um, I was happy. And it wasn't until, you know, I had a a shift in my life, a change in my life that I was like, this can be more than just um, a little side hustle, as you call it. Right. So, So you found an opportunity where your passion can meet a paycheck and marry those two together. Yeah. Yeah. I started to. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So things are going well. You have a baby. You're doing well. You're healthier now. You're being fulfilled a little bit more now. You're building this community of friends and people, and you're happy. But in 2014, that all starts to change a little bit. Things start to crash down around with you a little bit. What happened? Absolutely. So, well, but at this time, I had had my second son, Dom. He was four months old. My son, Nick, was four at this point. And I really wanted to extend my maternity leave. I just wanted to be home a little bit longer. So I started setting these business goals to be able to offset the cost of healthcare uh, with, if I would extend my maternity leave. And in January, I was able to do that. We had set enough aside and I, my healthcare benefits ran out on January 30, 31st of 2014. And on about February 10th, I was actually diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, wow. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not sure how familiar you are with lymphoma, but it's a blood cancer. Mm -hmm. And it is a blood cancer that does not have a rhyme or reason. Okay. It can impact anyone, any age, any gender, any race. Um, and it chose me. And I remember looking back, and I there were signs. There were obvious signs that I was living with cancer and I'm sure I was living with it for quite some time, but my, my healthy way of living kind of just, I kept putting off appointments and I kept saying maybe it's just bronchitis and I kept, you know, kind of excusing it. And although I was this health coach, I was not, I was not paying attention to the signs of my own health. And so when I was diagnosed, I remember a conversation actually with a colleague, uh, a fellow teacher, mm -hmm. and I, she just knew something was off, and I hadn't told anyone, and she said, I, I, when I sat down and I said, you know, I, I just, I left teaching, and I, we have this new health care, and it's going to cost us more, and we're going to, you know, use our deductible, and I just had all these what ifs, you know, all of these scenarios, and that's what happens when something traumatic happens in your life. You go over worst case scenarios. Right. And as I'm going through this list and telling her all of the things that are happening to me, and I, I remember the conversation ended, and I said, Stacy, who in the world would want me as a coach? And she stopped, and I will never forget her tone, and I will never forget the, the way she said it, but she said, Katie, everybody. Everybody is is going to want you as a coach, and it was as though that whole list of everything that I had said, uh, just about my worries and my stresses and right. all of the things that were happening to me, became how can this become something that can give hope to other people? Right. It was as though the narrative in my mind shifted right away, and I went home that evening and I talked to my husband and we talked to a couple of my friends and. A friend introduced me to the story of, of um, the Jimmy of uh, Stuart Scott, who had won the Jimmy V Award, the SB yes. Award, and he um, had this this story. And his story was that he would get up in the morning. I don't know how familiar you are with this, but he had he had actually fought cancer four times. Mm -hmm. And he would get up in the morning before his chemo treatment, and he would do P90X, and he would get home from chemo, and he he actually had a chemo pack. Mm -hmm. and he his chemo pack, and he would work out again. He would do like um, Kempo from P90X, and or he would just train with a personal trainer. Or he would do yoga, or he would do something. And he said in an interview, 
when I was sweating, I was beating it. When I was sweating, I was winning because if I could sweat, it meant that I was beating cancer. And that's it. Like that was it for me. I said, you know what? I have these at-home workouts. I teach people how to do these at-home workouts. I'm going to do that. I am. And I would. I got up in the morning before chemo. Um, and I would, I would work out and I would get home from chemo. And if I was feeling okay, I would, I would work out again. And I started sharing that on social media. Um, I wasn't doing it for the likes. I wasn't doing it right. for my business. I wasn't doing it to make this crazy impact. I was doing it because I just felt like it mattered. I, I truly felt like every sweat mattered. And if I was sweating, I was invalidating excuses that people so often gave me about why they couldn't sweat. Um, and so I did. And I did that for, I think it went on for about nine months, eight months. When all, I think it was about total of eight months of my chemotherapy every other week. I wanna, can I jump in real quick? I want to oh. go back just a little bit. Um, you were talking about, and I, I wrote this down, you said that, you know, this, it's a blood disease and mm -hmm. it can choose anybody, but it chose you. Yeah. You kind of said it like it was a part of like a badge of honor. It chose you. Oh yeah. So you can now yeah. redefine that instead of I was afflicted with this, I have this, it chose me and now I'm going to choose it to make a stand for something else. I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, I, I was very blessed. I, my life has completely changed because I, I had cancer because I actually battled cancer. You know, a lot of times we go into situations and we don't necessarily feel like we deserve those things to happen to us. But I, I really have found that, um, that it changed my entire life and I am a better person because I was blessed by cancer. And there were so many things that, that came out of it just that I realized that, you know, there was, there was a reason it happened for mm -hmm. me not to me, but for me. And right. it's it like, it slowed me down as a parent. It made me realize I have a different understanding of time than most 35 year olds. You know, most 35 year olds are absorbed with their careers and getting ahead and um, making sure that they're doing the hustle. And, and for me, I am very good about saying it's not a priority right now. My kids are my priority. I need to be present with them. Um, I, I just, I feel like I really, have become somebody who slows down intentionally with conversations when I am talking to people. Mm -hmm. And I look for people's stories. I love hearing people's stories because I can almost see that they don't know the hope that ha they have. They don't see what right. they can provide for other people. But I, I just, I truly feel like God gave me a mountain and I just took that mountain and I was able to um, make a message from it. You know, it's like your mess is just your message. And Absolutely. it was messy in 2014. And um, I just, I think that that's what it was. It's just your mountain can become a movement. Absolutely. Um, just because there are other people and the point of this podcast is giving hope and encouragement to other people who maybe have had that same diagnosis or diagnosed. And I want you to connect that feeling when you first heard that. Did you think, okay, I have these two kids, very young kids. What's yeah. it going to look like in their life without a mom? What's um, it going to look like? Do I have a future here? Did you ever take a time to even think that or were you always all in fight? Oh, you know, I, I think everybody, I think it's like the stages of grief because you really don't, you are no longer the person you once were. Mm -hmm. uh, you really do. As soon as you hear those words, your life is forever changed and it's changed in an instant. 
And I think I went through all of those stages of grief. I, I kind of mourned who Katie was before. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I remember a lot of like numbness, just um, almost as if I, I wasn't in myself. Like I, I wasn't happening. It mm-hmm. just wasn't a reality. And I think that I've also just kind of been protected too in the fact that I don't recall a lot of it. I actually don't um, remember a lot of it. And I, but what I do remember is a lot of of darkness and little glimpses of hope. Mm -hmm. And those little glimpses of hope for those conversations, the conversation that I had with Stacy and the conversation that I had with um, a friend who told me about Stuart Scott and a conversation with um, my coaches. My coaches actually created a Zoom call and they had all cut or dyed their hair purple, like letting me know that they were part of my tribe. They were, awesome. they were there for me, you know. And um, But a lot of it you don't recall, but you just remember that, any, you know, it's just like the compound effect too, that I knew that I had this end goal. I, I knew that I had 12 rounds of chemo to get through. And I couldn't think about that number 12. I couldn't think about how long of a journey I had. I had to think about the small steps that I had to take to be able to achieve being in remission. The goal was remission, but I, I couldn't get myself caught up in that thought of, look at how far you have to go. Instead, I started looking at just these small steps that I could take every day to be able to get to remission. Right. And that was really because every sweat was starting to matter. It was every workout mattered because mm-hmm. it was one step closer to remission. It's funny. I was reading some of your stuff online, and one of the quotes that I saw I really loved is along the same thing is you said, because if I was still able to sweat, I was winning. Every workout mattered. I was simply sweating for something bigger, and every sweat mattered. And I think that is very huge. Not just every sweat, but every step, every rep, everything you did matters. Your journey matters. So during that time, I know you had the hashtag Every Sweat Matters, which is really big in your story here, and that your team had a campaign to help raise $70,000. You want to talk about that? Sure, I can. It was actually after I was in remission. I met a very good friend of mine. Her name was Taylor, and she became, you know, a coach in my organization, and her cousin, Emily, had passed away of leukemia, and she was still mourning her her loss, and I hate saying loss. Um, She was mourning the death of her cousin. She was still going through a really difficult time. They were really close, and we knew that if you had fundraised – $50,000 with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society's Man and Woman of the Year competition, Mm -hmm. you could actually have a grant named after someone who had passed. Oh, wow. Or in honor of. And I I just remember it being very much a, we can do that. Mm -hmm. I just, and I, when I set my mind to something, I just do it. I, I don't, I, it's just, I have to feel it in my heart and my soul. And I, I just knew that we had to do that because I knew it would help her sort of, um, deal with that that tragedy it's just very difficult time and uh so we did we we set out on a 10-week campaign it was in 2015 and it was a 10-week campaign we did live workouts we did small events Mm -hmm. we did an alumni game and the bulk of that money came from a a, an event that that we held on a saturday where we did live workouts and we had t-shirts made. And over that course of 10 weeks with those small events and the t-shirt sales, we raised over $70,000 for cancer research um, through the LLS, um, Man Woman of the Year campaign, and had a grant named after Emily Leland, her cousin. Mm -hmm. Um, 
we still, to this day, we still have done quite a, a lot of fundraising too throughout the last couple of years. Um, we, we fundraise for a nonprofit called the Finley Project. Um, we give uh, money. We did work with the Mario Lemieux Foundation. Mm -hmm. um, so we've done work with other nonprofits as well. And Every Sweat Matters is still something we do that's going through sort of a transition so we can figure out uh, what we want to do with that part of it. But it's just been a huge part of the story. But what I love about Every Sweat Matters now is that I don't feel like it's my story anymore. I feel like it's a story that so many people connect to. Uh, people tell me all the time that why they sweat. You know, they share with me their story of sweat or um, when they see a hashtag ESM, they, they just do it because they can. And a right. lot of people that I work with are people who will say to me, Katie, I finally understood what every sweat matter actually meant to be. Right. And that's when you realize that a message that you share really has become it's just become a movement and it's beyond you. And it's really, it's incredible to see. Well, I think that too is that you say, I like how you said it's, I don't think it's mine anymore because it's a gift. And if you don't give it away, it's not a gift. And just yeah, kind of, exactly. you've given this away to other people to be able to tell their stories. Um, I teach a lot of insanity live classes. It's one of the things I do. And it's something during the workouts, I try to pour as much motivation into those times in between the 30 second rounds and everyone's sweating. I tell them to work out from a place of gratitude. Be grateful that you can have a healthy body to be here today. Um, and I think that every sweat matters kind of reminds me of that. Being, yeah. being happy, being grateful for what you have, that you're able to do this, not that you have to do it. That your feet hit the floor in the morning. Absolutely. <laughs> or um, you, you, sometimes if you're not motivated to do it for yourself, sometimes I'll just say something like, do it for the girl who's sitting in the chemo chair who would absolutely love to be working out right now. And usually that's something that people go, you're right. You are so right. And that, that motivation, if you don't have your own, you can borrow that one. That is like a gut punch. Who's not going to work out after you get challenged on that thing? And that's what ESM is all about, for sure. Mm -hmm. That was a challenge. Um, during your chemo, I wanted to talk a few more things about that. So you said you had 12 rounds of chemo. Mm -hmm. At what point, when you got close to 12, did you feel like, I have a chance to beat this. I might be able to get to remission. Where were you at in your mindset with that? Oh, I knew I was going to win. But I also have to add this too. I, I really, when Stuart Scott stood on stage and he said, you don't lose to cancer. You know, you beat cancer in the manner in which you live, the way in which you live or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm messing it all up right now. It changed me because I really get very caught up when people talk about losing, like the people who lose to cancer. And I look at the people that I battle with and they're, I'm like, oh no, they didn't lose. Did you see how they lived? Like right. they lived in a way that most people can't even fathom until they are in, in on their own deathbed, you know, years from right. now. And so I get very like, very, no, 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 we don't talk about losing. Like we don't talk about that. So I don't, I actually really looked at the mentality of, small steps. I knew that the number was 12 and with each cancer treatment, and I don't know how familiar you are with how this works, but I would go every other week. Yeah. Each chemo treatment, you would just, your immune system, you just become weaker. You mm -hmm. just do because you're basically poisoning your body to, to kill the cancer cells. So 
every treatment I was getting weaker, but I felt mentally like I was getting stronger. So it's almost like these opposites that are coming together. So physically I'm weak, I'm weaker, mm-hmm. but mentally each one I'm like, Oh, see what I did there. Oh, you see what I did there. I got up and I sweat. Oh, I beat you today. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Do you think you were winning this? You're not winning this. <laughs> and it was a very it. mental approach and it's an approach that you can take with any obstacle that you have in your life as you feel sort of like you're not winning in certain areas. If you can mentally just get up each day and say, I can beat this, I can overcome this, whether it's a 100 pound weight loss transformation or it's, um, you know, your business, whatever it is, you can overcome it, but you just have to mentally believe that you've already won. Right. And have that vision of what it's like to wear your survivor shirt or your hair grow back, or, you know, uh, hugging your kids on that last chemo day. So for me, it was never, am I going to beat this? It was like, oh, I got this. It's a matter of when. Not, yeah. not, yeah. So at that point, so where did you go? Did you get to a final doctor's appointment and they said, you've done it, finish line, you've went through the cape, celebrate? Yeah. Um, they, would, they have you ring a bell. Like with, if in most cancer centers, they have you ring a bell, which indicates that you, you've won, you've like over, overcome it. And it's really cool for other people in the cancer center who hear somebody ringing a bell because it gives them hope, you know, she's ringing a bell today. That's really exciting. Um, but I, I remember coming home and I was, I was sick and I went home and I slept and then I got up and I just sat and my mom took a picture of me and my kiddos on that last day of chemo. And I have been in remission now for three years. So you're considered cancer-free at five years. I've been, I've been in remission for three. So um, well, first of all, let's take a time out. That is amazing. Congratulations. That must feel so good. Yeah, it does. It does. It does feel really good. And I just, I feel really blessed to be in a position too with my business that I am able to to share hope with the people who are going through it or who have just overcome it themselves. It's, it's been pretty cool to experience that. So obviously you've gone through a lot of life change. I, I like how you referenced there was an old Katie. Now there's a new Katie. What is, what's one thing an outlook on life that's different from old Katie to new Katie? I know there's a lot, but what's one thing? Time. Absolutely time. Just that perspective of things that matter. There are things that matter. And then there are things that matter. There is a big difference between the two. You know, I just, I, in a way, I used to be somebody who just always gave into the hustle. I was just, I felt like I was always running, but it was on a hamster wheel. And right. now when I run, I feel like I understand that I, I can run, but I also need to rest. Mm-hmm. And I also need to know what I'm running towards because if it doesn't matter, if it's something worldly or something that in the long grand scheme of things doesn't matter, I really don't necessarily feel any pull to be a part of it. Um, And so for me, it always goes back to why do I do this and is it a priority right now? And it's just that has been a huge, huge blessing with all of this. It's just I get time. I don't, I'm not guaranteed it. Um, It's a gift. It really is. So you found real freedom in the rest where people sometimes find the freedom in the journey and running, running towards something. You've kind of found that freedom in the rest. Yeah. Absolutely. And I work hard and I love my job and I love what I do. And, you know, from an outside perspective, when you look at accolades and you look at success, you might say, oh, yeah, she used to be really, really successful. And I look at it and I say, oh, sweetie, no, I'm pretty successful now. 
because I'm peace. Like I feel at peace with it that I never really had when I was just running. Right. That is really cool. So you've gone through this journey. You have fought cancer. You beat it. You kicked it right in the ass out the door. Sorry. But yes, that's what I feel. Strong, 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 strong. So now that you've gone through this, what are you up to now? Oh, there's a couple things. So I still coach, um, still have a wonderful growing team um, who are amazing. Uh, and there's a couple other things that kind of go on too. Um, one thing is I still am a big part of Every Sweat Matters. Uh, we still have our website, just everysweatmatters.com, and proceeds, part, portion of the proceeds go to various nonprofits uh, all the time, which is amazing. And then the other thing that I've found myself very called to do is write. So I am in the process of writing my first book, which I hope will be released in July. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, I, I just, it has been on my heart for a long time, and I'm excited to be able to finally, finally do it, so, yeah. What's been the process in writing the book? What's that look like? Um, a lot of prayer, and a lot of what I call, like, brain mapping. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times when I work out, it just kind of comes to mind. Um, it's been a lot of outlining and ideas and a lot of conversations I've had over the past couple of years with, with people who've been impacted by cancer or people who've just been impacted by Every Sweat Matters as the movement and just experiences, which have been, have been big. But it teaches, I really want to be able to share with people that, you know, your story matters. Mm -hmm. You know, you matter. And sometimes it's just the courage to write it. And all it takes is not the fear of how many people will this impact. What if no one wants to read it? Or no one, what if no one wants to hear my story? But it matters. Right. Like somebody needs your story. And when you have the courage to, to share it, that's when everything shifts. That's when everything changes. Absolutely. That's the whole reason I started this podcast for is yeah. called Unwritten Life because your story is unwritten. You never thought day one when you got married you would end up having babies, get sick, start a business, fight cancer, become a public speaker, become an advocate, become a survivor, and all these different things. Nobody sees it. We don't see the – we. everyone likes to line out with the point A to point B. We don't anticipate the zigzags in life. Exactly. In and that, isn't that saying, too, like every time you – Every time you plan something, God laughs at your plans. Oh, <laughs> I, I just picture him up there just having a field day. Like, that's so cute. That's yeah. so cute. Nice try. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, wow. I mean, I believe wholeheartedly in God. I'm a Christian. I think God has specifically designed every one of us for a special task. And yeah. sometimes it's scary to step into that special task and find your gift and to give it back to people. But I think when you do, when you get in that lane, when God puts you in that lane, there is no traffic in front of you. And you feel like you could just drive all day long. Yeah, agreed. So since this is about hope and encouragement, I want you to put yourself back in that place. You were just diagnosed with cancer. You're in the battle. There are other people doing that every day, all day. So what kind of hope or encouragement could you offer to somebody who's going through that right now? Oh, gosh. I feel like I'm kind of on the spot with this one because there's so many things. It's one thing to be able to sit down and talk with someone who's going through it and then just to be able to just in general say, whatever you're going through, you know, you matter. You matter and your story matters and something good can come from all of this. And if you lean into those hard times, you tend to find your truth. You mm -hmm. tend to find a courage and a strength that you didn't know existed. And so I guess I would say just lean in, lean in and, and you matter. You really matter. Great answer. I don't think you were on the spot at all. You nailed that. Oh, thanks. 
<laughs> very, very good. Um, I think you have provided such hope, such insight and encouragement for people today being on this podcast. I really appreciate you being here. And I know, and I'm going to add this in the show notes, you have a couple different websites called onefitfighter.com. Yeah. Also, everysweatmatters.com. Mm -hmm. And coming soon. Okay, so I am just going to reference katieersta.com because you can find all of that there. You can find information on how to effectively start sharing your story, whether you want to do it on social media or you're a blogger or you just want to journal it. Um, just tools that you can use to start sharing your story, whether it's, you know, even for yourself, um, for your own eyes or for your family or just for, you know, an audience. Um, you can also find the wellness center in there that is going to be a place where um, you can come if you are interested in just learning how to start taking care of yourself, um, sweating for something more than just calories. And then everysweatmatters.com is just the site that we use to um, sweat for people who just can't sweat, um, mm -hmm. sweating for something bigger. So, yeah. That is amazing. So if you guys want to connect with Katie, go to katieersta.com. She's there. She's a great resource. And it was amazing to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, what an amazing interview. And it was, again, our absolute pleasure to have Katie Ersta join us today. She really personified what it's like to fight, what it's like to stand up for yourself, no matter the odds stacked against you. Here she had young kids. Here she found out she had stage four lymphoma cancer. And she knew there was a battle that she had to wage ahead of her. But you heard in her interview, not once, not even once did she say, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't think I'm going to be here for my kids. She knew from second one, like she heard that bell ring, like it was Rocky, like I'm ready to fight. I don't care how many rounds I have to go. I'm going to fight it and I'm going to win. And that is an amazing attitude to have. But I wanted to speak to our listeners today. We are all fighting something different. It doesn't have to be a cancer. It doesn't have to be a life-battling disease. It could be a depression. It could be a marriage. It could be many, many things that we're all fighting. And some of us don't think we are worth fighting for. And I want you to know that you are worth fighting for. And I want you to do like a mental exercise with me. I want you to picture someone that you love, be it your spouse, child, family, dog, cat, whatever, picture that one person in your mind. You have him, her, it? Okay. Now picture it's your home, and that one person is inside that home, and your home is on fire. I mean, full out fire, and it, it's going to be bad, and you're outside. Think about how hard would you fight for that person to get in there and get them out? Think about it. I know what I would do. If I'm outside and I see that my house is on fire and I know my family's in there, I will do anything to get in there and save them and get them out because they're important to me, because I love them, because they have value. Now flip it around. Picture you're the one inside that house. How hard would you get in there to save yourself? Do you think you're worth fighting for? I hope the answer is yes. Because we are so quick to go to bat for other people. But when it's us who needs to be saved, we put ourselves on the back burner. And I want you to remember that you are worth it. You are worth that fight, whatever it is. Stay in it. Don't give up. Get help. Ask for help. Ask for support. 
If you can't fight for yourself, if you can't sweat for yourself, ask for some help because you are so worth it. Your life is worth it. And I want you to be around to share your story with other people. So fight for yourself and get in there and show the world that you matter. Again, guys, this has been such an amazing podcast today. Katie has really just knocked it out of the park with her strength and her story. And I want more people to hear about the strength and story. So I talked about the beginning briefly, but the greatest compliment to us, the greatest compliment to Katie or anybody I've had on this podcast is to share it, is to share that hope, hope, hope with people and share their story. And how can we do that? We can do that by leaving a rating and a review on iTunes. I know I've said it a couple times, but it's very important because without this and people doing that, then a lot more people aren't going to see that and get that message of hope that they need. So you can do that on iTunes, and I would greatly appreciate it. Um, you can also go to unwrittenlifepodcast.com to leave your story. I mentioned this week in our Facebook group that not everybody wants to get on a podcast to share their story, and that's totally okay. If you think you have a story to share that you really want to inspire somebody with, send it to me. I am going to be recording many episodes where I will read your story. If you want to change your name, you can change your name. This is your time. You can go incognito. But if you think that you have a story that will impact someone's life, that's what this podcast is all about. And I would really like you to submit that. You can also connect with me at timunwrittenlifepodcast.com. For any questions about the podcast, if you want to get in connection with anyone who's been on the podcast and you maybe don't know how to do that, reach out to us there. Uh, I am on Instagram at The Unwritten Life Podcast. There you're going to be able to see pictures of people who are on the show, some things about the show notes. And again, there is our Facebook group, The Unwritten Life Podcast group, where anybody can join it. And that's where the conversation is going on on a daily basis, talking about episodes, just talking about life and anything else that you want to throw in. Again, we've come to the end of another episode, but not to the end of your story. Remember, you matter. You can make a difference, and your story is still unwritten.